This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast, where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Happy Class, week number 34. Last week I introduced capstone time. This is going to be the next, well, all the way until the end of Happy Class, the next six weeks of this mini-series, as well as my school career, will be working on one big project, my capstone project. After giving myself a couple really wonderful weeks off of anything school-related, including capping that whole break experience with a weekend in Orlando, Florida, taking my son to Springfield, home of the Simpsons with his best friend, and we had such a fun time. I got home and started digging in to my capstone officially on Memorial Day. It felt like a slog to get Word open again, to log back into Zotero, to sort of remember what it is that I'm trying to talk about, sort of flex those research muscles again and establish some sort of a, a cadence to my writing. It reminded me a little bit of running. There are lots of different types of activities and exercise that I can do regularly and then take a long break from. And when I come back to them, they just feel good. I just jump right in. Running is one of those exercises for me that I can get in a good rhythm. And if I take even like a week off, The first run that I go on after a break feels like torture. It feels like I've never run before in my whole life. And I've recently had this experience because I got some tendonitis. I I pulled my my Achilles tendon sort of weird back in the fall. And so from November until just this month, I have been on no running, no jumping, which has been a little tricky. I do CrossFit workouts most days in the week, which includes normally a lot of running and jumping. So I've done 
lots and lots of bicycle workouts and rowing to replace the running and jumping, I have the green light to go ahead and start. And so I did my first official run last week and it was so slow. And I mean, it actually was enjoyable, but it was just so slow and my body really felt it. That's a little bit how this getting back in the rhythm of schoolwork was after taking a nice, much needed break from it my mind really felt it. Like I felt like I was forcing myself and kind of pulling out all of my tricks to set up my environment and to feel really, you know, positive and open and meditate and kind of get everything ready so that I could start working on this project. I'm happy to report that after several hours of staring at my screen and getting some words out there and digging back in, I feel much more in the rhythm and I'm excited to continue working on it and I've remembered my purpose and the meaning behind this project for me and I I am very excited about it. It's nice to have gotten started. That felt like a big, like a big step to just get those first. I wrote the first three and a half pages that's an introduction to positive psychology. In some ways that was part of the problem as well that this introduction to positive psychology is sort of standard across all of the capstone. It doesn't matter what topic you're talking about we are supposed to introduce the field and then sort of segue into what area of the field we're going to dive into for the research. And so I'm much more interested in talking about the benefits of everyday creativity and the research around creativity than about the umbrella of positive psychology as a whole. It feels like every single book that we read and every class that we have had this sort of here is the positive psychology introduction. And then we got into the piece that we were talking about specifically for the class. So maybe a little bit bored at this point, which is so funny because it's like, that is the whole thing. It's, it's the, the reason that all of this is happening. And I also had to remind myself that not everyone knows about the origin of positive psychology and introduction to what the field is and how it came about. And so I tried to reframe my audience perspective as someone who's reading this paper who really has never even heard of the term positive psychology. They don't know what it's about or what its intentions are as a field. And so that helped me sort of frame it in a way that felt like a good introduction for someone who's not really sure of it. I mentioned some of the key players historically, as well as what the you know, the field as a whole is trying to do, which is focus on the strengths and to build the good of a life well lived, study not only what is going bad and how to fix it, but also what is going well and how to enhance it. And that felt good. So I finished that piece up. And now from here forward, I'm going to be really digging into the research around my argument about the benefits of everyday creativity. And the next section specifically of my paper will be my reason for writing about it. The why am I attracted to this area? What is it that I'm planning on doing with this research? And in my case, it is to propose a popular press book, write a nonfiction book around the topic to make it more widely available. And then after I explain where I'm coming from and why I'm writing this paper and, you know, presenting this book proposal, I will begin with the official like defining of creativity. What does research say it is? What are the components of it? And how does creativity with a big C differ from creativity with a little C, which is sort of a couple of the ways that it's classified in academic research. That Those pieces feel a lot more invigorating for me. So I'm excited. Uh, starting tomorrow, I will be diving into that. 
I got an interesting question on Instagram this week, and I thought that I would use this week's happy class episode to address it. I got a message uh, from a woman named Carrie who said, I'm almost 42 years old starting a grad program this fall. I will also be working full-time and have four kids. I would love if you could share all of the technology hacks and programs to help with efficiencies in managing research. Carrie goes on to mention that it's been almost 20 years since she finished undergrad. She's also an RN, and she knows that everything has changed drastically since she was last in school and would appreciate any tips. This is such a great question and got me thinking about what what is what did I learn or what am I using now that I didn't use or I wish I would have known about starting out. And there are a couple things, a couple systems and then also a couple programs in particular. I will mention all programs are a little bit different and so the degree of like articles and research that's needed probably varies program to program. My degree was incredibly research dense. I imagine a lot of master's degrees are. So my number one research tool that I became converted to halfway through the school year is an article management, a research management tool that's free. It's called Zotero. There are lots of different research management tools. This one is what I have found to be the most easy to use and robust. I started the semester printing out hundreds of articles. I would three-hole punch them and organize them by class and by section, and then highlight them, write in them. I liked that I could take them with me wherever I was. I don't have an iPad, I just use a laptop for work and then I have my phone and I didn't wanna be on my phone all the time. So I think if I had had an iPad, maybe that I know some of my schoolmates used their iPads to read the articles. I've never really been a read digitally person, though. And so I was pretty convinced going into grad school that I was just going to need to be analog. About halfway through my year, I realized that I was missing so much Because in order to access things that I had highlighted and notes that I had taken, I would have to flip back through these hundreds of pages of notebooks full of articles. And while I liked having a tangible copy, I also realized that it was adding to my workload to not be able to easily search my notes, to not be able to pull in like copy and paste sections to then um, reference while I was writing. Zotero totally changed my second semester experience and is really contributing already to the beauty of this capstone writing experience. The tool lives on my desktop. I mean, it it's like an, an application in my computer. I think that it's available uh, for an iPad as well. And it is, I mean, it's built as a research management tool. So you can pull in articles, PDF versions of articles, or the ISBN numbers of books, and it will either automatically populate all of the bibliography, all of the data that you need for citations, or you can enter that in manually. Another really nice thing about Zotero is that it also functions as a filing system. So I have my Zotero references divided by class, by section, and by semester. So if I remember where, like what class the article I'm looking for was in, I can go search just right in that class, in that file folder, similar to flipping through my whole, you know, giant book full of printed articles. Also, if I don't remember, though, I can just search my whole library and it will bring up the articles either by the author or by category. I can add tags to them to categorize them separately. 
when I highlight, it makes annotations of what I'm highlighting. And so I can highlight an article. So I am reading online now. I'm reading and highlighting as I go. I can take notes and it has a little sticky note component. I also can make notes from my highlighted portions. So I can read an article, highlight sections of it that I find relevant or important, and then click on a button that says create notes from annotations and it will bring up all of those highlighted sections along the sidebar just as either individual sentences or paragraphs. It gives me the opportunity to really easily skim an article that I've already read and highlighted and remember what it's about and what I thought was relevant. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can also copy and paste pieces of those annotations or the entire things themselves, like a full paragraph, into a Word document if I'm referencing it while I'm writing, either rewrite the paragraph to sort of, you know, say the same thing in my own words, or in cases, very seldom, but in some cases where I'm using a direct quotation, I can have it right there just copied and pasted into my document, the research paper that I'm writing. That has dramatically changed my relationship with the research because it all is like at the tip of my fingers rather than needing to haul around these giant books of analog research articles or having to sort through them. I don't have to remember everything. I can use the search bar and let Zotero manage the articles for me. I wish I would have started from the beginning. As it is, in December, when I started using it, I went back and added all of the articles from the first semester so that I would have a complete library of all of the resources that I've used during graduate school. And it took a very long time. I mean, I went through four months, essentially, worth of schoolwork in four different classes and added all of the articles, too. I didn't go in and copy my annotations or my notes from the hard copy articles, but I at least have all of the articles there. Something else that I really like about Zotero is that it isn't linking to the articles. It actually is capturing and storing each of those articles. So I don't need to have internet access and like log on online somewhere. Once I've downloaded an article and put it into my Zotero library, it's accessible anywhere. Another beautiful piece about this is that I don't know what my access to all of the research libraries looks like as as an alumnus. There's probably some level of, of accessibility that I'll still have at the University of Pennsylvania library system. But during grad school, I've had open access to all of it, like just masses of journals and articles and and things that are normally behind paywall has all been accessible through the university. So being able to do a deep dive into research, capture that, those journal articles and bring them into my home computer so that I can use them and reference them and access them later has been really great. 
Zotero. It does take a little, it has a little bit of a learning curve because it's kind of a whole new organization system, but I highly recommend learning how to use it in advance of starting school and kind of practicing with it, pulling in a couple articles. One other huge bonus of Zotero is that it has a plugin with Word. So I write all of my papers in Microsoft Word. Zotero is connected to Word. I like just did, I don't know, clicked a couple buttons to hook them together. And now I can reference something and click on Zotero citations and type in the author and it will pull up from my whole library Everyone who's written, you know, the, the article's written by that author. I can choose the one I'm referencing, and it will add my citations in APA 7, and it gives you the option. You can do it in whatever format your field requires. And then at the end, once I've used my citation manager, Zotero has cited everything as I'm going through. You know, I have to say, I have to tell it what to do. I tell it, you know, which Seligman article to, to cite. But once it has all of those in there, I can click on the bibliography button and it will generate my entire references page with every reference in APA format that I used in the paper itself, which is such a time saver. Obviously, I became a huge Zotero convert and fan, and if I were just starting out again, I wish that I would have started from the beginning because I think that it made the second semester a lot easier and it definitely would have helped me streamline what I was doing in the first. Another program slash app that we've found really fun as a cohort is my my group uses Slack. My classmates, there's 53, 54 of us, and we use Slack. It's a free app. I know a lot of businesses use it for communication. It's been a really fun way to ask questions, get real-time answers, update each other on different things. There's a channel for Um, happiness where people just share like a picture of their beautiful flower garden or a sunset they see. There's a channel for family where people kind of can do updates on family. There's also a channel for each of our classes. And so if people have specific problems or questions with an assignment in a particular class, they can put it on that channel. Our cohort, my class has been very eager to help and we all feel very connected. And I think Slack has enabled some of that connection that we are not only you know, meeting online during class, but we're also interacting outside of class on a regular basis. And that's been really fun. And just a a couple of my classmates set it up and invited everyone to it. And it's been really great. So if you're going back to grad school and you have a group, but you don't know how to communicate outside of class, Slack is really fun. Now, to address Carrie's question about, you know, just the balancing and management of full-time job and kids and school, Something that I did, and I've mentioned this somewhere, uh, there are a couple of things that I did. One is just having a really, really clear schedule when I'm working on school and when I'm not, and when I'm not, not, and when I am being able to leave. Like I've done most of my schoolwork at a co-working space or out of town. I don't know what your program looks like in terms of travel, but it's been really nice to have very clear boundaries around school time, work time, and family time. I also had a really great, frank sit down with my husband about the delegation of household management jobs and duties, and we looked at what made sense for me to continue doing that I had been doing, what made sense for him to take on, uh, and you know, to kind of bear more of the household load as I was taking on this school responsibility. And one of the things, I'll just mention one, there's been several, but one of the things Dave took on was food grocery shopping, meal planning, and cooking. 
And he's been doing that for almost a year now. In August, it will be a full year. And I'm excited to take it back in September, but not having to have the daily question of of food, um, especially when I was traveling so much, made it really just made my life a lot easier and probably made his heart his life a little bit harder also though just being clear about and knowing like i'm not micromanaging it he was just planning meals we've done hello fresh for the last year which was totally worth it to just have the ease of meal time knowing that going back to school is going to imbalance the life that you've been living up until now and so preparing in advance for that the tipping of the scales by offloading some of the things that you're doing currently that are not as necessary. My hobbies definitely took a backseat during school. Things that I was spending my free time on, like decorating my house or doing gardening or camping, hiking, those types of things. While I did try to keep a good exercise schedule and I would like go on walks around the neighborhood, a lot of the hobbies that I was spending a lot of free time before school doing I you know replaced them with school it's just impossible to do it all and so being able to be clear and make decisions up front about what you're going to put on pause not quit completely but what goes on pause this year that you're in school what responsibilities can you hand over to your partner your spouse your family your kids your neighbors Um, and how do you create space for this thing knowing that it's short term and also knowing that you really want to do it well it's a huge challenge and it's also super worth it. And I won't lie, there were probably a dozen times that I thought over the last nine months, if I didn't have a family or a, or a job, this would be so fun. <laughs> like the, um, the juggling act of being a mom, being a wife, having a, a company that I'm running or a job and doing school was is a lot. It's just a lot of different ways for your brain to be split and uh, And it also, I think being a mom naturally makes you more adept at logistically managing schedules. Um, Being a a full-time worker naturally has you uh, knowing how to bend to a deadline and and work hard and get things done. Being a mom and a full-time employee are two huge skill sets that you bring to your graduate school experience also just remember to make space for yourself make space for your schooling and know that it's going to be really tough and it's also temporary and you can do anything for a year give yourself lots of breaks Uh, I feel like I did a good job of not having what little free time that I did have I tried to really enjoy it I would let myself sit in the hot tub Um, every once in a while I would just like tear through a fiction novel just for a little bit of a breather because I love reading fiction so much and I didn't do a lot of it this last year. So be aware of what needs to be balanced and be clear about those things before you begin so that the expectations across the board, across the family, with your work, with your company can be managed and then enjoy the process. The last tip that just came to mind, I'm closing out this episode, uh, but the last thing that just came to mind for me is another thing that I discovered about halfway through. Sometimes when I would just stare at a blinking cursor on a blank Word document for an hour, wondering how to begin a paper, I learned how to turn on the transcription tool on my computer. So just like I often talk to text on my phone, I could talk to word talk to paper on my computer and 
somehow just being able to talk through it, even if I was just sort of, I'd give myself a prompt of like, if I was going to tell my mom about this topic of resilience and post-traumatic growth, what would I say? And just giving myself a little bit of a prompt to get started explaining and talking about the topic would be enough of a breakthrough for me to then go back and revise it and tighten it up and make sense of it and add in the research. And that transcription piece just felt like a really good knob to be able to turn when needed. So Carrie, that's the last tip that I would give you. Zotero and a Slack group, lots of balancing acts and being clear about expectations and then talk it out, transcribe it uh, is really helpful. Hopefully those tips will all come in handy in one way or another. And I wish you the best of luck going back to school as a mom and a full-time employee. Your program is so lucky to have you and I wish you all the best. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.